Benvenuti to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian. My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and I'm here with Tommaso. Welcome home, Belladonna. Ciao, grazie. I'd like to share that Tommaso and I share more than this podcast. We share everything in life, including this cold <laughs> that he gave me upon my return. So I, I have to address it because I sound pretty bad. You've been in Rome, you've been in Naples. And then you gave it to me when I got back. <laughs> there are nine million people everywhere and I come home to our sleepy island. I'm like, whoa. So I've just done a big hit of Dayquil, couple uh, Ricolas. <laughs> Ricola. And I'll, I'll do my best, okay? But I'm excited and before we start, I would like to say that Tommaso did an excellent job on the two episodes while I was in Italy. Grazie. Prego. I received a few emails, a couple Instagram messages that complimented his solo episode. So, Ben Fato, well done. Thank you very much. And not to mention the new digs here. Oh, yes. Here. Excuse me. I'm supposed to point out our super groovy new studio. It's all in a purple and dark gray, almost black color combo. We have these square waffles on the wall, soundproofing waffles in a purple and black grid, purple curtains. It's awesome. New layout, feels bigger, better, more luxurious. And um, this is our first episode in the new studio. Yeah, I've got Keith Richards and Mick Jagger coming in next week to do a little <laughs> recording. Yeah, For those of you too young, the Rolling Stones, my heroes. <laughs> okay, shall we carry on? See, All right, I just want to say back to the two episodes that you did while I was gone. Well, the first two, episodes 69 and 70, I listened while I was in my hotel room in Rome packing for my return. And all I could think of was how fun it would be if you won the lottery, which was the premise of those two episodes. How fun it would be to have our friend Chris, the private pilot, pick you up wherever you live in the world, fly you to Italy. Then you get on the boat with the Captain Clive, another friend, and cruise around. So think of that, an English and Irishman with funny, wicked wit and humor. What a trip. Yes. Anyway, and I also listened to your latest episode on Venezia and the painters, and it was fantastico. Thank you again. Aguri. Thank you. That means compliments. Thank you. Okay, before we dive into this episode, I want to share that I did my first trip ever with a carry-on bag, and I had a little lightweight backpack. I stole it from you. It was one of your sailing backpacks, a small one, and the trip was only 10 days, so I figured I'm going to try it, and it was fine, and I convinced all the other women on the trip to do the same because we took several ferries to all these different islands, a couple trains in and out of Rome and Napoli. So knowing how many moving parts there were going to be in this trip, I convinced them all. They agreed. And it was great. Two of the women, I will say their bags, their additional bag to the carry-on looked a little heavy. They might want to rethink that next time. But in general, went well. No complaints. The only, only drawback was there was zero room in my little carry-on to bring anything home. Like a big hunk of cheese for Yeah, Tommaso. nothing. No Christmas gifts for Tommaso, my family, my friends. I'm sorry. Well, you can keep that bag. That was that cheap private equity guy that gave me that bag. Oh, the, the, um, 
the backpack. I the love back, it. It's yeah, cool. It, yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a little different for a sailing backpack. It's kind of feminine for a man, so yeah, it's yeah. mine. It's why it's been sitting in long in the in the back end of all the other sailing bags. <laughs> okay. Alora, we decided to call this episode November, the new off season. And that's because I learned so much from all the Italians I spoke to on this trip. From actually day one in Rome, I asked every single Italian I came across what they thought about the 2022 season. And I think it was subconscious on my part at the beginning, but the more answers and descriptions I heard about this season, that was it. I was like, I'm going to ask every taxi driver, hotel manager, barista, boat captain, you name it, I asked them all. And their take on it, believe it or not, was mostly the same, and they were very blunt, blunt and honest. Firstly, each and every one of them were grateful for the business after the two very slow years of COVID, and they unanimously said they worked harder than they ever had, but they weren't complaining about that. Again, just thankful for the business and the income, and that they were still in business. So many small places closed, went out of business. It was like around the world. But so there was no complaints about the hard work they did. But then they all mentioned the heat. There's always a but. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I think this would be a good time to insert a five-minute recording I made with my friend Alessio from Rome. And he summarizes the season rather succinctly. Let's do a little math first. So when people are listening to this, you'll hear it. Oh, because Alessio talks about the temperatures. Yeah. Okay. So 20 degrees Celsius is 68 degrees Fahrenheit. That was for the inside air conditioning. And 43 degrees Celsius is 109 degrees. <laughs> okay. All right. Take a listen to Alessio. How crazy was this summer, 2022? Well, it was a very crazy summer. Uh, first, because of the climate, it was very hot. We had an incredibly hot and dry summer, starting not from June, but from Easter, the beginning of May. Yes. So at the end of April, it was really hot and it was not easy. And people, I think they gone crazy <laughs> a little bit more than, than they used to do in the past. So it was very busy, yes. very, very busy in, in, in our business. I mean, the, the occupancy, the, the, the occupancy. Uh, yes. And then we had a lot uh, of people. We had, for the first time after COVID, uh, the, uh, the Australian people that were oh. not allowed to travel right. before. And then it was lovely because they're usually very They're kind, nice. They're good very, travelers. Exactly. They're very good travelers and very kind. Uh, and then we have... We had a, a lot of European as, as we used to have, but it is was a bit a bit crowded and uh, I mean uh, very very a, a lot of chaos. Yes. So people yes. wanted. Uh, I, I think because of the climate. Well, that's the first thing that thing that I think right. is because of the the extremely hot summer we had, right. and so people probably was not were not very. Uh, in them themselves, <laughs> right, and also most most Americans are very used to air conditioning, and they almost yes, demand yes. it, and they cannot understand that a country like Italy has it's, the it's capacity different. to keep it's, up with it. It's different. Right? It's not like in, in the U.S. Right. in Europe. Right, uh, European travelers and and the accommodation too. It, 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 so it, it, in U.S., you have uh, 
air conditioning everywhere. They even open the doors. Like yes. The doors will open yes. the doors yes. so it that you can feel the air conditioning. Extremely. In Italy is different. Uh, um, there are places that do not have AC at all. Right. So uh, right. even if it, it's going to get hotter throughout the, the years. Uh, but no, in our property, for example, we have AC in the rooms and in the shared spaces, so it's comfortable. Right. Uh, but uh, in the shared spaces, it's not always working, so right. we decide when there's a, a button to press, so it's different. I think they, the, the American travelers, they expect to have oh, yes. 20 degrees indoor. <laughs> <laughs> And it is quite a shock when you go out because yes. if outside it was 43. Oh my god. So if you pass 43. from 19, 20 degrees just uh. underneath your <laughs> machine and then you get out, it is 23 degrees more than <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good for the health. No, I it's think. not, no. Well, did you have people complain or were in, in general, were they? Not a Consider lot. it? No, not a lot. I had uh, a couple of guests. Um, so, you know, our kind of accommodation is it's not a grand hotel. Uh, most part of our guests, they know what we are yes. before right. they arrive. And, and that's it. That's, that makes it very easy for us because uh, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're not. <laughs> but we have our own idea of the accommodation. So it is a homey place in an ancient property. Mm -hmm. This is a 500 years old patent. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, there are stairs, rooms are mid-sized, but it is own fascination. So this makes it very special kind because you're living into a, a home. This one was a home, mm -hmm. private home. People taste the Italian life. Yes, so somehow. Exactly. Um, if you went, if you go to the hotel, you probably have a more comfortable stay. There's an elevator first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the rooms are probably much larger than our rooms, and also uh, probably they give a, a better service. Probably they have waiters no. where no. everywhere. Well, if people so, like that, this so this is a it, more it, authentic but experience. But we do not um, want to address our idea to people. That do not want exactly this kind exactly. of culture. We, we have five bedrooms, not 500. Right. The people that want to stay in a place like this, they find you and then that's it. Look at me, exactly. I, I come sometimes, back all the time. Sometimes it happens. Uh, people expect cast, right. this property is uh, a copy of Debussy. Exactly. In, uh, On the just website. a little bit smaller. Yes. It's not. Right. So they're a bit disappointed. Mm. But I'm sorry, but we do not. Um, we do not uh, show ourselves as a copy of Jersey. Exactly. We are just what it, what we are. Right. So which is perfection property. to me. So, exactly. <laughs> and, and and so it's not easy when a guest uh, uh, is not as as uh, he has a, a different idea of his stay in in a property that is your property. Exactly. So, exactly. And so that we, we try to supply uh, this kind of. A disappointment with a uh, with service and a lot mm -hmm. of service. So we are very kind. My staff is very kind, but some, some, sometimes we we do not. Right. Um, we miss the. <laughs> so okay. Well, when we walked in the other morning, Monday morning, or no, sorry, Saturday morning, with our luggage, all six of them just walked in. They're like, oh, they just took one look, and you could just see how happy they were. Then we met Julius upstairs in the other rooms, 
and they were just beside themselves. Like, it's so satisfying to see someone so happy because I did not show them your website. I haven't showed oh, okay. them any oh, place that yeah. we're staying because oh, I wanted a surprise. That would be yes. And when we walked up the little street here into the corner, like, ah, phones <laughs> taking pictures, like, oh, this is the cutest street I've ever seen in my life. Yes. <laughs> so it's really awesome to. Don't you have a, a very specific idea of your. Of yes. Your, and that's very good. Yes. Because I think when a, um, a traveler arrives to um, a place, he knows it's a good place, but it is, it, he doesn't know how it looks. Exactly. And that's right. the point. Right. That's very surprising. That's lovely. So the heat played a very, very large role in the summer season. And a lot of travelers are accustomed to reliable air conditioning and they get a bit crabby when it doesn't work consistently, <laughs> right? So you'd have to choose to stay in a larger, more expensive hotel that actually has the capacity to have their air conditioning running steadily, or at least a hotel that has generators that kick in if supplemental power is needed. Then you'll be cool inside, but then you still walk outside. Right. Into 109 degrees. 109 degrees. And you don't want to stay your whole vacation in, in a hotel. So you try to find the happy medium. Anyway, this heat wave was throughout the entire country from Lake Como all the way down to Puglia. And it was a prolonged heat wave, about four solid months in a row, June through September. And I remember all the texts I was getting from my friend Mattia in Lake Como is like, oh, can't stand it. No rain in sight. Haven't had rain in three months. It's so hot. And Paolo in Tuscany is like, I'm just sweating every day, <laughs> every night. It was very, very long. And yet they, they worked through without complaints. And it was actually the tourists complaining more. But yet all these Italians rose to the occasion and they, they did the right thing. And I had clients all over Italy this summer, just in about every region, and they all said the same. The heat was over the top. However, their outlook was, we're on our vacation, and they just ignored it and tried to do the best they could with the heat. It was very bad, like at the train stations, waiting for the train. Most of my clients took trains this summer. And that was the hard part, waiting on the platforms for the heat. Then you get in with all the other people to find your seats. Luckily, they all did that, got reservations. So very, very hot. However, the clients I had that were on the coastlines or islands were grateful to have the water nearby so they could cool down several times a day or clients that stayed in rental villas or hotels with pools. And I had a few clients that said they went back to their accommodations during the hottest part of the day and just stayed inside, read a book, relaxed, took a nap just to avoid it. Little siesta. <laughs> yes. So now fast forward to my arrival only on October 29th, post heat wave, supposedly. We landed in Rome and it was 80 degrees, 27 degrees Celsius. Rome's airport is nice and modern with air conditioning, but once we met our driver, we took our luggage out to his Mercedes van and we had to wait maybe 10 minutes for two others that arrived on a different flight from Copenhagen. And those 10 minutes was all it took 
for my hair to go from normal to completely. I just felt the first drips <laughs> down my back. I'm like, ew. <laughs> I was drenched in 10 minutes outside of Rome's airport. I've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really like that situation. No, it's gross. <laughs> but it was all, it was just those 10 minutes. And all I could think of was I should have packed more lightweight summer clothes. I didn't, but whatever. So then we flew back out of Rome, back to the United States, you know, 11 days later, November 1st, and it was still 80 plus degrees. However, it was hotter down where we went in the south to Amalfi and Capri. And I basically ended up wearing, I could have gone with just like a handbag instead of my carry-on because I wore the same few things every day and the lightest things I had. And then finally in Amalfi, I bought a linen dress that I wore like five days in a row, even on a boat. I didn't even care. Other than the heat wave, I also asked every single Italian I spend time with, even in like a short five minute taxi ride. I was like, what was the season like with these massive amounts of travelers? How did you guys keep up? What were the tourists like? Were they complaining, et cetera? And their answers were also similar, just like everyone else regarding the heat. They said that some tourists complained about the long lines into museums and every single basilica, the fact they couldn't dine at restaurants they wanted to because they didn't make dinner reservations. So that part is sad, but the onus is on them to not have thought of that. And some tourists couldn't get into the Colosseum because all the tours were sold out. And then from a client I had in September... This couple told me that the end of the Path of the Gods hike on the Amalfi Coast, the last hour of it was like Times Square on New Year's Eve. It was that crowded. And all of these factors created the nickname of revenge tourism. Actually, Tommaso had read that earlier in the summer. Yeah, in June, they were talking about that already. That buzz phrase, which they use the English words, revenge tourism only. And that I heard over and over every time I asked someone, oh yeah, this revenge tourism, era bruto, right? <laughs> like, got it. So let me get back to why we named this episode November, the new off season. I realize that not everyone can travel during the off season, but I'm pretty sure the old off season, which had started mid to late September, and went through October, is now morphing into November because of climate change. Global warming was in full force all over Europe. And I just read an article speaking to that the other day that Europe, the continent of Europe, is affected more than any other continent in the world right now with global warming. Jeez. It's it's heating up faster. Dio mio. Okay, well, there you have it. Every single Italian I asked throughout our trip, wherever I was, every single one of them said, quote, this is not normal weather. It's never been this hot this late in the year. So it is a real thing. And it's happening everywhere, right? As a matter of fact, it's 76 degrees here today while we're recording this in little Rhode Island. And it's been that way since I got back last week. So if you are fortunate enough to be able to choose what month you can travel to in Italy, you should now consider starting a trip in November. Rome was somewhat crowded, but it's a big bustling city, so that's to be expected most of the year. 
And when we were there last November, we were lucky. It was still COVID and there was no one. But I was there twice, October and November, and it was crowded, but it's okay. For some reason, it's okay. I'm always lucky when I travel with you. (laughs) Que Karina. (laughs) On this trip of mine, which again, we arrived on October 22nd, and after several fabulous and very warm days in Rome, we took the train to Napoli. And I made reservations for that train way in advance for all our trains and our ferries, I will say. And it was mostly full, but not crazy crowded. And then from Napoli, we took a ferry to Capri. That ferry was very, very crowded. We got on and you're just like, ugh. You know, you don't have an assigned seat. You have your luggage. We're like, ugh. Can I see that face one more time? (laughs) No one can see it, luckily, because I don't look so good right now with my cold. It was crowded. We all had to just split up and sit where you could. I was like, it's just like the last time I went to Capri in 2019. Super crowded. However, we were staying. And the thing is, as I've mentioned before, there's a lot of day trippers that go to Capri on the same kind of ferry that we went. So I knew they would disperse by the end of the day. And we were there for several days. But the thing is, in the village of Capri, let's say you are a day tripper and you go no matter what time of year, it's the village itself where all these tour groups go. The kind of tour groups where there's a guide and he's got a uh, retractable uh, 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 uh. stick with a flag on it and they're herding or corralling the group and that kind of thing. So avoid the village itself of Capri during the day. So let me just step back. Can I step back and sure. interject here? Sure. Um, Venice, the episode last week, Venice mm-hmm. is instituting... I believe in January or, or February, uh, a daily tourist tax. Tourist tax. They, remember, they said they were going to do that for this season, and they didn't implement it. And now they're now, going now to. Now they are. Maybe yes. Capri and other so. places will start doing it. Also, it makes sense. It does. Hopefully, we'll see. Vediamo. Okay. I rented in Capri a private villa for us that was above Marina Piccola, so it was away from the crowds. However, to have the luxury of quiet, calm, and this amazing view we had, you had to walk either straight up that volcanic rock or straight down. (laughs) But actually, I thought that was the beauty of it as well. And I have to be honest and say that my favorite little restaurant in Marina Piccola closed for the season the weekend before we arrived. We got there on a Monday and they closed Sunday. I was like, so that is a drawback and something to think about, but it's a it's a trade-off. Right, but you still have great restaurants there because the locals are still living there. So the restaurants are still good. Yes, and you know... They're just not as many. Right, and somehow I think they may start extending their season if this new weather pattern keeps up. The other areas of Italy besides the Amalfi Close that close their doors on basically November 1st is most of Lake Como and the whole lakes region in Northern Italy. So you would miss out on some of the private boats, some of the sweet, smaller accommodations on the lake. And for example, the hotel in Amalfi, where it's my favorite place to go each time, they closed a few days after we left on the 1st of November. Same goes for the amazing place we stayed on the island of Procida. What a find that was. But I'll talk about that in a future episode. They literally closed 
for the season after we checked out. Actually, they just, they wanted to have you as a guest, so they stayed Maybe. open. <laughs> well, I did book four rooms and dinner each night. They were so nice. It was a gem. Anyway, in summary, you may have to plan your new off-season travel vacation in two stages. You could go somewhere at the end of October. Maybe it would be like the Amalfi Coast or Lake Como, Lake Garda, and then head to a city which is open year-round for the beginning of November when these other seasonal places close down. For example, let's say that you were in the lake region. You could go south to the city of Bologna, which we've all talked about, or Firenze, Florence, which is normally less crowded in November, or do what I just did. We were in Capri, Amalfi, Procida, and then go up to to Rome. No matter how many times you might have been to Rome. There's always something new to see. Yes. And besides the fact it's like an outdoor museum, there's really nothing better. And the food. Well, anyway, I'm digressing again. Okay. (laughs) Some of the regions in the south, like Basilicata, Puglia and Sicily have warmer weather year-round, so it's a bit easier to find accommodations that are open the entire year. Remember last year I had those clients that spent Christmas in Matera? She said it was magical and empty, void of tourists. However, this summer of revenge travel, I've heard from my friends in Matera, it was very, very crowded with its popularity, which was due most likely to the James Bond film from 2021. I'm, I'm attributing it to our podcast episode oh, yes. on Matera. <laughs> because, man, did we love that place. <laughs> Regardless of when you can go, I think it's more pertinent than ever to plan way in advance. At least choose your accommodations and just book them at the higher rate so you can cancel if need be. If you do that, Way in advance, you don't have to worry and fall into that stress booking, convincing yourself that the places you chose in the end were almost as good as what you initially wanted. And I say this from experience because I have heard in my clients' reactions when they waited too long and couldn't get their first choice. And they're like, should I postpone till next year to try and get that place or this one almost as good? So you feel sorry, but... In the end, it's still an amazing vacation. Sure. But people do that stress booking. It's kind of like stress um, when you're trying to buy a house and you get all crazy about the deadlines and stuff like that. So anyway, that's my suggestion. And I'm also so relieved to have people get in touch with me to start working on their trip way in advance. I have several clients going in 2023 and we started working on their trip this past spring. So All of them got their first choice of accommodations. And then we just pick up again a few months ahead of their trip and before their departure and do their restaurants, private, private boats, pasta classes, etc. So this is my personal assessment of what travel in Italy will be like in 2023 due to all that I heard from the locals in this past trip. I strongly suggest you plan ahead, as in very far ahead, and if at all possible, try to go off-season. However, if you can only go during the summer season, during the summer months, I know many accommodations in every destination that are far away from the crowds, so at least you could have idyllic nights and mornings to yourself, because what is better 
than waking up on vacation with peace and calm and a view that is most likely different from what you're used to every day, right? In summary, here are my top three things you should do for your future travel to Italy. Book your accommodations almost a year in advance and choose the price that allows for cancellation in case you want to choose a different destination. If you can only travel during the summer season, choose smaller villages that might attract less crowds or less popular regions and try to find accommodations with a pool or close to the sea so you could cool off. I'm all in on number two, definitely. (laughs) And number three, book in advance all the special things you want to see or do in each location, whether it's a tour, a private boat ride, or a Vespa rental. And molto, molto importante, make dinner reservations during the busy season. You just don't want to be hangry, and that's one... <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> it's just one thing you don't You're want to miss out. You're hot and bothered <laughs> with too many people. You're so hangry. <laughs> yes. Okay. Va bene. Over our next few episodes, we will scatter in some of the details of my trip because, as usual, when traveling with a small group, you have some very funny experiences. And in this case, we had several of them. The most entertaining concept or idea that evolved from this group was the creation of the Banyo Report. <laughs> yep. Every single Where is this time going? on our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. You didn't tell me about this. No, I know. I saved it because I thought you might go, oh, Dio mio. I am. Um, Every time one of the girls came back from the banya, we were told the details of the perks or the detriment of that specific bathroom. This is all over our trip from trains to train stations to bars to restaurants to ferries. Gross. Um, Yeah, it was very entertaining, and I think it could be a new trend for future travel, at least for women who seem to care a lot more about a good banyo. There you have it. Okay. Please please keep that in, Tommaso. Don't edit that out. uh, The banyo report. The banyo report it is. I would love someone to step up and put a review, a report on Apple Podcasts for us. Okay, a podcast report, not a banyo report. report. Not a banyo report. Va bene. But thanks to all of those that have. Yes. And thanks for all the compliments on Tommaso's solo episodes. I got a very, very sweet um, review, which we can put on our website, of a couple's first trip to Italy. They were there simultaneously during my trip when I just got it. So, tutto posto. Grazie mille. E ci sentiamo la settimana prossima. Thanks for everything, and we'll be back next week on Mercolity, our new day, Wednesday. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.